Bug Jargal by Victor Hugo Chapter 9 This terrible scene, its singular conclusion, the emotions of every kind which had preceded, accompanied, and followed my vain researches in the wood, had made my brain whirl. Marie was still stupefied from her danger, and some time elapsed before we were able to communicate our incoherent thoughts, otherwise than by looks and clasping of the hands. At last, I broke the silence. "'Come,' said I. "'Marie, let us leave this place. Some fatality seems attached to it.' She rose eagerly, as if she had only been waiting for my permission, leaned upon my arm, and we left. I asked her how it happened that succor had arrived from the Negro when the danger was so imminent, and if she knew who this slave was— for the coarse drawers which covered his nudity showed that he belonged to the lowest class of the inhabitants of the island. "'This man,' replied Marie, "'is no doubt one of my father's negroes, who was at work near the river when the appearance of the alligator made me scream, which warned you of my danger. All I know is that he rushed out of the wood and came to my help.' "'From which side did he come?' asked I. "'From the opposite side from which the song came,' and into which you had just gone. This statement upset the conclusion that I had drawn from the Spanish words that the Negro had addressed to me, and from the song in the same language by my unknown rival. Other stories besides already presented themselves to me. This Negro of great height, powerful muscular development, might well have been the adversary with whom I had struggled on the preceding night. In that case, his half-clothed person would furnish a striking proof. The singer in the wood had said, I am black, a further proof. He had declared himself to be a king, and this one was only a slave, but I recollected, not without astonishment, the air of severity and majesty printed on his face, though of course accompanied by the characteristic signs of the African race, the brightness of his eyes, the whiteness of his teeth against the shining blackness of his skin, the large forehead surprising on a negro, the scornful swelling which gave to the thickness of his lips and nostrils something proud and powerful, the nobleness of his courage, the beauty of his form, which, however thin and degraded by fatigue of daily work, had still a development, so to speak, Herculean. It seemed to me that there was something imposing in the aspect of this slave, and I said that he would compare very well to a king. Then, recollecting a crowd of other incidents, my conjectures were arrested with a tremble of anger at this insolent negro. I wished to search for him again and chastise him. And then all my indecision came back to me. True enough, where was the foundation for so many of my suspicions? The island of Santo Domingo being largely in the possession of the Spanish, it happened that many of the Negroes either had originally belonged to the colonists of Santo Domingo or were born there, mixing the Spanish language with their jargon. And because this slave had addressed to me some Spanish words, was that a reason to suppose him the author of a romance in that language, which showed a cultured mind, according to my ideas, entirely unknown to the Negroes? As for this singular reproach which he addressed me for having killed the alligator, he showed in the slave a distaste of the life that his position required, 
without which he had need, certainly, of having recourse to the hypothesis of a love impossible for the daughter of his master. His presence in the rustic pavilion could be nothing but accidental. His force and his height would go a great way to prove his identity with my nocturnal antagonist. Was it on these frail signs that I could place a terrible accusation before my uncle and deliver to the implacable vengeance of his pride— a poor slave who had shown so much courage to save Marie? At the moment that these ideas filled my brain, Marie dissipated them entirely by exclaiming in her gentle voice, My Leopold, we must seek out this brave Negro. Without him I should have been lost. You would have arrived too late. These few words had a decisive effect. It did not alter my determination to seek out the slave who had saved Marie, but it entirely altered the design with which I sought him. It was for a punishment. This is for a recompense. My uncle learned from me that he owed his daughter's life to one of his slaves, and he promised me his liberty if I could find him in the crowd of these unfortunate ones.' 